Alright everybody, welcome to the Spilt Milk Show. We're back again with uh, another story. This one is actually one of my favorites. Uh, we're talking about the Papas Brothers today. We're here in Vancouver, BC, Canada at the, uh, at the California Suite Studios. I'm Jerry James, here with my uh, boy OB. And behind the keys, we got Benny D. What it do? Um, before we get into it, won't you roll us off, Ben? favorite stories about the Papas Brothers. Uh, even if you're not into skating, this isn't really a story about skateboarding. It's a, it's a real rise and fall kind of story. So, Ben and Toss Papas were born in the late 70s in Melbourne, Australia, Chas being the older of the two. Uh, the Papas Brothers were self-proclaimed bogans, which is like one of my favorite words as well. If you're not, uh, if you're not familiar with the term bogan, it's pretty much what we call like white trash, uh, you know, rednecks kind of, kind of shit over here. <laughs> Uh, Toss, he was a very in-your-face, high-energy maniac. It really came out in skating. He was balls to the walls, ride or you know, ride or die kind of shit. Uh, ben, though, he was he was a lot more quiet, composed, open-minded. Uh, you know, where his brother would see a obstacle and just go at it with everything he had. Ben would take his time, think about all the different ways he could skate this, and uh, yeah, much much more of a thinker. Whereas Toss was just more of a a, a doer, I guess. <laughs> Uh, yeah, pretty much insane, yin and yang, but that really worked to their advantage in the early years, I find. They uh, really balanced each other out. And probably also why they, you know, fell apart later on. Yeah. Yeah, from a really young age, the boys, they were training combat sports, and their uncle, uh, from like, you know, as early as like six years old, he was training them in like death strikes and how to hit people in pressure points. It's hilarious. Um, he would also get Tass hyped up by saying... What would you do if you walked in and that bloke was raping your mom? She's about to die. What are you going to do? Yeah, he would say this kind of stuff before competitions to get like a, a six-year-old just hyped. And he would just go out there just swinging and usually usually winning too. But uh, eventually they had to take him out of Taekwondo because he was constantly, you know, fighting with fifth graders uh, when he was only in the first grade. So they eventually had to call it quits. The Papa's household was no stranger uh, to violence either. Their parents would usually fight, smashing, you know, objects against each other's heads. Yeah. Got physical quite a bit. So obviously, you know, that led, led to like a lot of built up aggression to these to these little kids. More tossed than, you know, Ben. Yeah. So they, uh, you know, found an escape at the Prahan skate ramp and they quickly became regulars. Spending every evening after school there and all days on weekend, which was, you know pretty good positive you know outlook. yeah they they came from like uh like not the best neighborhood so it was actually pretty positive for these guys it gave them something to do something yeah positive to put their energy out on skating so regularly toss and ben quickly became top of their age even catching up to american skaters um two people in a porsche one day actually saw them and they ended up being the biggest uh skateboard distributors in australia at the I believe time they were called the hill brothers they the ran uh, hardcore skateboards, and yeah, in Australia in the early early nineties, huge. So imagine being 12, 14 years old and already having your first sponsor. Um, they couldn't do thing. He Tass even said we couldn't quite do things yet, but they thought we were going to be good, so they sponsored us. <laughs> yeah, which is pretty fucking cool. Just from the intensity and the energy that these guys like showed at the skate park, 
the Hill brothers knew right away. They're like, this is going to be something. This is going to be something. Yeah, so this time things are already going extremely well for the brothers, extremely fast. Uh, they started skating in competitions uh, around Australia with professional American skaters around like 13, 14 years old. And uh, this is already when they started getting a taste for the party life. Uh, in the early 80s, not, or like the late 80s, early 90s, skaters were pretty much treated as rock stars. Cocaine and alcohol was abundant. Women were everywhere. It was just complete party lifestyle. Uh, so, getting a taste for that, they thought, this is what life's all about. And by 16, Toss saved up enough money. He moved to Tampa, Florida to become a full-time pro skateboarder. He literally lived underneath a ramp. Uh, there was a little like room under this half pipe in an indoor skate park where you know him and a bunch of other skaters just shared bunk beds and woke up and skated every single day. It looked like probably the best time ever. And uh, by 1994, Toss won video part of the year for his part in Mad Circles video, Let the Horns Blow, where he claims every single trick he did on that part, he was high on acid. As 1995 rolled around, Ben also moved to the States with his brother, where they lived with legendary skateboarder Danny Way. By this time, the teenage brothers were placing top three in international competitions against Tony Hawk. Tass even beating Tony Hawk in a head-to-head -head finals competition with a broken rib that he had broken earlier in that same comp. Yeah, and they 100% they embrace this newfound fame and glory, especially Tass. He was living it up completely like a rock star. You know, nice cars, nice houses, uh, a lot of drugs. You know, he was buying, you know, like kilos at a time. He had an abundance of the stuff. And uh, it, it was quickly becoming a routine. They were always maniacs when they were kids. So imagine getting all this wealth and then... I'd, I would probably do the same thing, to be yeah. honest. Yeah, just go around doing hood rat shit with your friends. But uh, it, it started getting to a whole new level uh, pretty quick, as things with drugs usually do. Uh, but you know what's really cool? These brothers, for example, they, they were extremely close. An example of this is... Uh, so in that competition we were just talking about, when Toss broke his rib but still won, Tony approached them afterwards and he was like, he's being a pouty little bitch. I really feel like I should have won that one. Yeah, so Ben just goes <laughs> off on him. Tony, you old prick. He's just going off, looking like a real asshole, kind of making a scene. And uh, Toss, seeing his brother act like that, you know, he didn't want him to be the only asshole. So sure enough, he went off on Tony too. Fuck you, fuck you. They're yelling at him. Uh, and it definitely, you know, it burned some bridges. Uh, it sparked a rivalry with the biggest icon in skateboarding, which probably wasn't the best for their careers. But uh, fuck, whatever they did, they did for each other. And that's that's pretty cool. So, uh, you know, back to the drugs. When one started going down, they, uh, they kind of both started going down. After a few more years of constant skateboarding, Tash received a back injury that took him off his board for a few months. Unfortunately, this led to a lot of free time that Tash spent getting incredibly high. And he was already getting incredibly high. Yeah, just lots of partying, lots of drinking, kind of like what a lot of people are doing right now in quarantine. Yeah. He became almost intolerable at the time. Um, Platinum Skateboards even let him go. And a lot of people were saying that it was Taz's father who actually embezzled, embezzled the money because all the money was disappearing and it wasn't going back into the company. Yeah, that that's never been proven, but it is definitely a reason that they told Taz why he was off the team. Just always making a scene, blowing all the money. And then, yeah, they said, you know what? You can't be here because your dad's been stealing from us. Someone even threw a Molotov at Taz's house one night. Luckily, the bottle didn't break. Because Ben and Taz were so close, Ben also got pulled into the drama and was in a weird situation with everyone as well. 
it seemed everything they had worked so hard for was falling apart. Yeah, it's, you know, this hasn't even been that long of a story and things are already falling apart. It's, it's pretty sad for these guys. So in 1999, Ben decided to go back to Melbourne for a while, cool down, you know, breathe some fresh air. Um, Australian. I can't do it again. <laughs> the Australian. Australian. <laughs> that, was a, that was a baby accent. <laughs> that Australian hair. So, uh, yeah, he decides, you know, I'm going to go go home for a little while. He also decides he's going to bring over 100 grams of cocaine with him, packed into his shoes. Uh, you know, at the airport, they swabbed his credit card and it tested positive for cocaine residue. He was promptly searched and the cocaine was found almost immediately. Uh, so, you know, because of this conviction, his passport was seized. He was banned from traveling internationally for three years. And that, you know, essentially just ended his whole career because he could no longer compete in competitions or, you know, be part of American skate teams. And that's where all the money was at the time. <clears throat> yeah, this caused uh, Ben to fall into a deep depression. Around this time, he starts dating a woman by the name of Lynette Phillips, who was, known, who was a known heroin user. Their relationship was completely centered around drugs. Ben at this point had hit rock bottom and had nothing left. Gaining weight, losing weight, becoming, you know, very distant with his friends. Yeah, Showing up, being really weird, you know, very Not quiet. even skating at this point, which is, you know, the center of the brothers' lives for, like, ever. So the fact that he wasn't doing that, something was definitely up. Uh, we're going to learn a little more about this Lynette Phillips character, too. But uh, first, we're going to have a word from our sponsor. Are you tired of your time lapses looking like janky pieces of shit? Is your local art scene constantly saying things like, nice time lapse asshole, who filmed it, Dr. Butt? Well, guess what? I invented an app just for you. Introducing Prolapse. Just set up your phone, open the app, and the rest basically just falls out your ass. For only $4.99, not including hospital bills, you can be king shit of time lapse photography. Remember, it's prolapse or no lapse. Taz being the good brother that he is, is desperate to help Ben out. He decides the way to do it is to be the first person ever to land a 900. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, 900 is a trick where you spin 900 degrees in the air. So essentially it's like doing two and a half, 360s. Uh, pretty impressive. At the time when he was practicing the 900, a photographer who is well known in the skateboarding world is his name is Grant Britton, uh, was taking pictures and is also known to be very close friends with Tony Hawk. Now this is also just a theory, but this will be brought up later in in the podcast. Yeah, I think Tony isn't uh, exactly the nice guy he portrays himself out to be in his video games and everything. He might actually be somewhat of a, of a fucking worm. <laughs> <laughs> more yeah more of a worm than a snake yeah I'd, I'd call him a worm so yeah Tass he, he's practicing this 900 he's getting hella close and he has this great plan he's gonna land this trick at the 99 X Games be the first person ever he's gonna revive his skateboarding career he's gonna make enough money to, to feed his family cause I think we forgot to mention but Tass you know he has his first child around this point uh, he needs to help Ben out you know he needs to send some money back home so uh, you know at this point he has it all figured out so the 99X games come around and last minute, Toss is told that he cannot skate in the best trick competition this year. This is absolutely ludicrous as Tass had been in every best trick competition for years. He was regarded as one of the best skaters alive. It seemed that someone had something against him. Well, who do you think it was? Oh, Tony Hawk's best trick run of the, at the X Games 1999 
he lands the world's first 900 after 10 failed attempts. And the crowd goes fucking bananas. And Toss is understandably crushed. I, I'm surprised he didn't jump up there and kill him, because honestly, I could have seen him make his little speech there too. This is the best day of my life. Maybe if it was a few years ago, but then obviously he had a kid. He probably was thinking about that. Yeah, I remember he was humbling down a bit. It really made me lose some respect for Tony because I definitely feel like, you know, Grant slipped him some inside info on what was going down and with their rivalry, with their bad blood, he had to shut him down. And, and it's Ta just too bad because yeah. Tass, you know, he made a lot of mistakes. But uh, if, if you watch the documentaries and interviews with him, he, he's a good guy. He means well now. He was just, you know, he was just a young kid having fun back then and kind of a bit of an asshole. But, you know, he, he's definitely grown up a lot. At least he was an in-your-face asshole. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he wasn't a behind-your-back worm like fucking Tony. At this point, Toss's only option was to start skating smaller competitions around the States. They paid around two fifty per day, so as long as he places in the top ten a few times a week, he can feed his wife and child. Yeah, but all this constant skating and all the pressure on him, on the human body, it's, it's hard. So his back injury starts flaring up again. And of course, he medicates the only way he knows how, with hard drugs. And uh, unfortunately, doing a drug-induced uh, paranoia, Toss gets into an argument with his wife. Things get a little physical, and he ends up being arrested for uh, domestic abuse and sent to jail. But while Toss is in jail in America, Ben is back in Melbourne with Lynette. One day, Ben shows up at a friend's house in a panic state. He's telling his friend that he woke up on a park bench that morning. You know, he took some Xanax, and he's saying, I, ca I can't remember anything, man. I, I can't remember anything. Sadly, earlier that day, Lynette's body was found in the Yarra River, wrapped in a quilt and weighed down by backpacks full of weights. She had been strangled to death. Yeah, Ben left his friend's house pretty much, you know, after he showed up, only a few minutes after, and that was the last anyone saw him alive. Uh, six days he was missing. No one knew where he was at all. Uh, he was definitely suspect number one as, you know, the quilt and the quilt that the body was wrapped up in and the backpack that she was weighed down with, they both belonged to Ben. Uh, he's the last person to see her alive. You know, spouse is usually the, the first suspect in a, in a murder, so. And after those six days were up, his body was found floating around the pier of the Victoria Dock in Australia. That's, uh, it was determined that Ben had murdered Lynette and then took his own life out of shame. Only a week prior to his death, Ben had admitted himself to a hospital claiming to be having suicidal thoughts. This was the day after Lynette's body was found. Yeah, which is uh, kind of fucking crazy that they released him from the hospital. I get he was self-admitted, but the only thing they wanted to keep him around for some questions. But apparently, you know, he was only in there for about a day or so, took off, and I guess, you know, just lived off the grid somewhere for a couple of days trying to cope. And, uh, yeah, eventually got too much for the poor guy, and that's the story of Ben Pappas right there. Unfortunately, it's not quite where it ends for Toss. Toss had to find out about his brother's death while incarcerated. And on top of that, he was told he was being deported. So Toss is sent back to Australia where he served out the rest of his time and was released. Shortly after this, though, his father suffered a heartbreak. Uh, not a heartbreak. <laughs> a heart attack. But <laughs> Toss suffered the heartbreaks. <laughs> <laughs> a heart attack. I mean, we were laughing, but, you know, it's true. It's sad. It's yeah. sad. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. But um, he was also in America when this happened, so Toss couldn't even, you know, be there for while well, he was buried, and he couldn't go back anyways. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I think his father did die while he, before he was deported, actually. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, so he's having a really rough time. His brother and dad are both dead. He's stuck in jail in a foreign country. Um, so and being deported above that, where his wife and you know child currently live. So his family's you know falling apart. His career is over. It's it's looking pretty dark. Toss now losing everything and everyone close to him falls into a very dark depression and starts using hard drugs. In 2008, Toss somehow ends up in Buenos Aires and buys a kilo of cocaine, which he attempts to smuggle back into Australia. He was absolutely wrecked on benzos at the time and was just out of his mind. He tried smuggling the cocaine back inside three skateboards, which was horribly done. Yeah. It is the, if you see the pictures, it's pretty like... Yeah, they pretty much intercepted him like right away at the airport because you could just see all the coke residue on his clothes and probably on his face still. Yeah, he 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 was too high on you know opiates and benzos or whatever to uh to even know what he was really doing. He was intercepted at the airport because of the clear cocaine residue all over him, and Toss was sent right back to prison where he served three more years. There is one little high about this though is where he actually you know. Australia jail seems pretty nice, you know? It, it looks a little nicer than what we have going here. He can um, skateboard in his room. He yeah. does, uh, he's doing tricks in his room. I saw that. That was pretty cool. Yeah, and they even let him out. Uh, after a couple years, they gave him like a day off to go skate at this and, ramp in Australia, too. They gave him a day pass out of jail. And somehow got a girl pregnant, too. <laughs> yeah, so now, you know, luckily. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so Toss, he's doing pretty good now. Um, you know, he's found Christianity. He's turned his life around. And just trying to be a good father. Um, and still you know, killing it on the ramps, too. Still killing it on the ramps, actually, yeah. Um, his new son, he says, he feels like Ben is, you know, with him all the time through his new son. It's a it's a heartbreaking story. These kids, they, they were young when all this happened, too. I don't think they were any older than... They, they weren't even in their 30s yet by the time, you know, they lost it all. So, just goes to show what can happen. All right, everybody, thanks for tuning in. That's what we got for you this week. Um, we're going to continue this little weight loss challenge we got going on between OB and Benny D. Uh, if you remember correctly, I believe OB started at 221. So we're going to do the second weigh-in. Let's see what's going on. We've got a drum roll going. Hey, oh, it's only been one week. I can't see from there. I don't know why. 221. 221. What he lost, he gained back in muscle. Like we said, it's only been a week. We'll give you guys a break. I have been, I've seen OB working hard. Benny, I haven't really seen you do shit, so <laughs> let's see. Starting at 210. What are you at? He lost weight. How much? How much did he lose? He's at 205. 205. <laughs> wow. I guess You're fucking, done, old man. I guess those vegetables have been doing their job. All right, we're going to play you guys out with another local band. Well, local rap group we got this time. This is NFG with their song. What's this song called, OB? It's called Formula Protest. OB's rapping it. And we got Ben Pete on that shit. You know what I'm saying? Making the beats. DJ Bad Knee. DJ Bad Knee's on the beats. DJ Bad Knee. Now All right. pull your titties out. I don't care how they look. You now fucking with that fresh out the whole stand. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 
big, small, fake, saggy, perky. Swing, I fuck swing. with that. Titties all sizes and shapes. Swing, I fuck swing, with swing, that. Swing. Keep them hitting if you're underage. We don't fuck with that. Now told the study she could come to the club anyways. Bounce, bounce, bounce. Puffy Zannies, Hershey Kisses, Pepperoni Pancake. Brown pick up, fucking with it. Flat round to the ground. Keep them bouncing to the sound. I fuck with that. Do you fuck with that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Swig up side to side. Swig up, swig up, swig up, swig up side to side. Swig up, swig up, swig up, swig up side to side. Side to side now. Swig up side to side. Swig up, swig up, swig up, swig up side to side. I would lie if I said I didn't like a male duds looking happy. Now they squirting on me. Save that for your baby. She loves those titties more than me. This is for the babies. Now sing it with me. Protest, protest. Fuck that formula. I want that titty milk. Fuck that formula, I want that titty milk now. Fuck that formula, I want that titty milk now. Fuck that formula, we fuck that daddy. Fuck with that big, small, fake, saggy, perky. I fuck with that. Titties all sizes and shapes. I fuck with that. Big, small, fake, saggy, perky. I fuck with that. Titties all sizes and shapes. I fuck with that. Puffies and these Hershey kisses. Pepperoni pancake. Brown, pink, I'm fucking with it. Flat, round, to the ground. Keep them bouncing to the sound. I fuck with that. You fuck with that? I fuck with that. Yeah, that fresh out the whole stack. Yeah, yeah. That fresh out the whole stack. Yeah, yeah.